Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. There's a saying that marriage is a place where sex goes to die. It isn't true. In fact, married people actually have more sex than single ones. But I think what that saying means is that the passion dies. And there's another saying about familiarity breeding contempt that is closer to the point. Long-term relationships, including marriage, fall prey to routine that leads to what I call the death of a thousand cuts. But while losing a certain amount of passion is inevitable, the choice about how much is lost is actually up to you. So today, I am joined by Susanna Galland. She is an acclaimed intuitive life advisor and relationship expert who's been featured globally in Forbes, Goop, Times Incorporated, and Harper's Bazaar. So Susanna, thanks so much for coming on the show. You know, we all want the fireworks and the romance to keep going, but we also know that that's not possible. But you were highlighted a little bit ago in a piece for Brides Online magazine titled, In a Love Rut, How to Rekindle Your Relationship. And you actually mentioned that intimacy needs a foundation of feeling cherished, respected, and enough comfort to be yourself. Can, so can you say more about this? I mean, and, and so do people not, yes. not really understand what intimacy is or how it's, I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of confusion. Oh, no. yeah, I think people understand intimacy. I think that the word, look, we just, and um, we're coming out of a COVID time. So some of the content I had written initially for Bride was pre-COVID mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, like married couples who, were in a rut, were they, you know, clients who phoned me described it as being caged in. I mean, <laughs> like seriously caged in with kids. So, yes. um, first of all, I think the best way to see, especially as we're moving forward out of this COVID time and trying to get back on track, which is my thing, oh, it's getting back on track now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just to see marriage as, oh, we are married and we have children and we are uh, this couple. I mean, it's a love affair. It's an ongoing love affair. Uh-huh. You started that way. It continues that way. You've just gone through a wedding. You might have right. children, but it's still a love affair. So, yes, um, to some degree in COVID, people have felt particularly excited, they've had kids around them, couples have been separated who were or had to cancel weddings, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of breakups have happened because they have moved back home to different states and long-term relationships haven't uh, survived. Hopefully some of them will rekindle. But to me it's always about a love affair, no matter what mm-hmm. state a play or wherever you are, um, I just, I think um, marriage, sex does not die through marriage. I think that's mm-hmm. an awful, awful thing, <laughs> like the thousand cups. 
And whoever said that may have been, was it an ancient saying? Was it somebody in BC that had 40 wives and probably had to have a rough time? I think it's really disheartening. And so if we take the word single dating and we just throw the whole thing into love affair, we can uh-huh. see marriage very different. For me, that's the, one of the things you should start seeing each other as because the moment you see each other as lovers, you might reevaluate how you talk to each other. Mm. If, you know, and, and one of the things that I think is happening more and more and more, especially through this COVID time, where kids haven't gone back to school or just people who are dating, they're constantly trying to give input, you know, like trying to make the part, partner happy or trying to tell the partner what to do. Mm-hmm. And so there seems to be these confrontations. And to me, I think number one rule is do not give your opinions and try to dominate a home if they haven't asked you to. <laughs> okay. And I think that we get into this. I know my mother does this to me, but she'll tell you <laughs> this is just being a mother. And it's really aggravating. Like, you do not have to tell someone what to do because they're down or tell someone, uh, start to give um, your opinion or your advice without them asking you because it's so overwhelming <laughs> and so confrontational that you're pushing them away and you're becoming right. very dominating and like a bully, you know, without well, realizing it. Well, and it's, and it's really interesting because I think it stems from my discomfort. If, if something is going on with you and you're not happy and you're struggling, it's my discomfort. I want you to be better. So I start giving all this advice without ever bothering to ask, do you want it? Right? Yeah. Number one rule, butt out. Right. Seriously. Even with your kids. <laughs> I mean, unless it's, unless it's necessary, like, you know, for safety. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, unless it's a safety issue. Right. But but because you know, right. this is actually something that shows up a lot in, in a lot of marriages where one partner thinks that the other one is trying to control them. And, you know, and yes, they you know, your partner has a has a way of doing something that works for them. And they think that if you would just adopt it, everything would be fine, except, of course, you're a different person and things work differently for you. But, but you know, and, and I think that really comes from, from a place of discomfort. So I, I really like this idea of, of thinking, it, thinking of it as a continuous love affair. But you also say in the article that, that having more sex isn't necessarily the way to, ignite a, to reignite a relationship. So help me understand what you mean by a love affair and why sex isn't necessarily the go-to to reignite well, a relationship. Um, well, first of all, a love affair, defining it with a couple that are, you know, have had some sacred bond, meaning it's a love affair. It's not just a flippant love affair. It's a sacred right. love affair. You know, right. So let's establish that. But People equate, oh, we don't have sex anymore. Well, probably your communications are off, you're competing, you've shut down, mm-hmm. you aren't necessarily in those places looking into each other's eyes. Mm. You're not mm-hmm. even engaging. Like when you first met, you may have just looked at the stars or you may have 
seen a moment together and your eyes just locked in, those moments are intimate. And a lot of that goes when we're pushing each other away with resentment. Uh And uh, what starts to happen in marriage is we need to agree on everything. And it's not okay that you don't agree with me. So (laughs) Yeah, that's not gonna happen. happen, (laughs) Right. When that happens there's a breakdown of serious Mm -hmm. communication. You're not gonna look at each other in each other's eyes. You're gonna avoid each other Mm -hmm. to some degree unless you're having a go at someone or giving your opinion unwarranted. And it's not anyone's fault. It's a state that we get involved and it just gets out of hand. It just does. And so if you then go from that place, you're hurting. You don't want your relationship mm-hmm. over. Nor, nor, right. Neither one of you. And it's very doubtful you're having sex or if you are, you're going to feel exploited. You know, your partner right. just wants sex, you give in, you're relieved, you go to sleep you got him over and done with, he's still like, ugh, I please him, he's dumb. You know, it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very wrong. So I mean it more like don't use sex as a measure mm. in those states mm-hmm. of play. Mm-hmm. You need to get back to a place of togetherness. And that, that's a journey and um, that's a process of being a little more transparent, being a little more gentle of you know in the sense of it's okay for you to feel like that and also not reacting like there's always one partner that it's more dominating mm-hmm. and so when the partner is more dominating react in a more like the dominating let's say is more masculine just for the example then mm-hmm. react in a more feminine or a more uh, not submissive but not equal. Don't get into fights like that. But you need to, you can't go quiet. You need to be able to hold your ground. Yeah, and and I think therein lies the challenge for a lot of people because, and I do know that one of the things that happens, especially in long-term relationships, especially when there are children, that people get so caught up in the day-to-day just getting through life that they stop seeing their partner in the way they saw them when they first got together. You know, I, I mean, I tell the story, my, my husband and I have been together for almost 36 years. And back in the, you know, when we got together, there were no cell phones. There was, you know, long distance phone calls cost money and we, we weren't in the same place. So we, you know, we spent a couple hours a night on the phone. We wrote each other letters every day you know, we really, we were really focused on learning about each other and, and we really wanted to know what made the other partner happy. What were the things that they liked? And somehow over, I mean, with a lot of couples over the years, it goes from all of that intense, interested focus into, well, what have you done for me lately? And, you know, and so, and, and so I think that a lot of times people use sex as, I mean, especially in a lot of cases, men will use sex because you can quantify it. When was the last time we had sex, right? Versus right. when was the last time we were connected? 
Right, but I think women feel it too. I mean, if you if your partner's not having sex with you, right, you don't feel desired, and um, especially now, belonging is very important. And mm-hmm. and then you know, if you're not desired, you're not feeling safe. Some you're going to wonder why something's wrong with you, or you're going to introduce stories whether you're. Mm-hmm. blaming it on someone else, you're going to start to create really painful scenarios inside yourself and feel very isolated because who do you talk to? So right. I, think, I think sex to me should be enjoyed. And if you're not enjoying it, I think it's time to just the one way back into me to what I believe and to, uh, let's say, I call it the way back into me, meaning mm-hmm. uh, your partner's way back into the other partner because mm-hmm. there's this deep connection. I think it's uh, more from uh, using your imagination because that's what you did in the beginning. Um, taking ah. risks, even if you take risks for flat, I mean, get outside of the house. Yeah. You know, you could go to a bar dressed up, meet each other somewhere. It would be totally <laughs> awful. Awful. Mm-hmm. But you could laugh your asses off. Right. And how pathetic. And that brings you back to passion. That brings back some of that laughter. I mean, okay. and I think it's also re-getting to, rekindling or re-getting to know your partner's body. Like, find right. out. Spend more time on if it's the man or whatever relationship you're having, woman to woman or man to woman, on your partner's breast or uh, for a woman, you know, more intimate parts. Like research, there's so much stuff on Google with tantric and Uh sensuality. And if you please someone and vice versa, they'll go out their way to please you too. And I think then sex is an invaluable part of your love affair, your sacred love affair, especially with, uh-huh. you know, if you're, you've committed uh, with children. So I think that sex is invaluable if you're growing with it. If you're not, it's, to me it's just a, an uncomfortable and sometimes very unbearable thing for usually one partner. So this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking with relationship expert and life advisor Susanna, Susanna Galland about how to reignite your relationship. And if yours has gone a little stale, you're not alone, but it doesn't have to stay that way. Being roommates may not be what you envisioned, and you can change that, but you have to take action that works. And if you're ready to do that, I'm ready to help. So please take a moment and give me a call or send me an email and schedule your free, no obligation, create your happily ever after discovery session. You can reach me by email at Leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, N as in Nancy, C as in Charlie.com. Or you can reach me by telephone at area code 919 9240463 again that's 9199240463 so Susanna you were talking right before the break about being able to laugh 
and together and, and becoming more sensual with each other. And so, you know, as, as opposed you know, so to beg the obvious, why do those work? What, how, how do those help reignite passion and in your relationship? Because laughter, in order to laugh, you have to be happy. Mm. And if you're happy, it's from the heart. I mean, okay. real laughter. Real mm-hmm. joy. Mm-hmm. And happiness, usually, if you're not crying with laughter, you're engaging, you're looking at each other. The person that makes you laugh, you look at. You can't resist them. Mm. And okay, that makes sense. You, yeah, if someone's making you laugh, you're so happy, you forget all the things that are that life is, that you might feel is going against you, mm-hmm. and you engage, you're more affectionate. I mean, all your barriers are broken down, your heart's open. It's just most wonderful way. I mean, I, I, mean, I know kids laugh, laugh, laugh mm-hmm. all the time, and they're mm-hmm. working with their stomach, the neurons in their stomach, and it's teaching the breath. I mean, there's a lot of science to it, too. Mm-hmm. And so they laugh, and they have no idea why. But they are <laughs> open. Their hearts are open. You know, separate from serious trauma abuse cases, kids are mm-hmm. full of joy. They will laugh at the most ridiculous things, and they embrace it. And all you want to do is kiss them, hug them. And oh, yeah. I think the same thing when you see your partner laughing. Um, and you're, you're having something, you said something, they're laughing and you're engaging, you can't help but feel connected. And it's partly the heart, but it's also mm-hmm. because when the laughter's over, you're happy. You can't mm-hmm. remember mm-hmm. any negativity, any negativity. So I, I think laughter's important, not fake laughter, but... I mean, you could fake it. If, you know, somebody laughs, it's infectious. But mm-hmm. finding things that make you happy is really what's going. Like, even if it's um, stuff, um, in your case, you and your husband probably enjoy nostalgia or stuff you might have watched together. It's a mm-hmm. great thing mm-hmm. to do to take you back memory lane time. Um, mm-hmm. So I think laughter is essential, but behind laughter is happiness. Happiness is from the heart. Yeah, I had thought about it that way, but 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 you're so right. There's when you're having a when you're having real laughter, you you do you look at each other, you feel good. It's 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 a bonding moment because you're sharing right, this experience with this other person. Yeah, but but, but, but just heart, you and of yeah. yourself are, enjo- are are feeling joy and happiness. But if your partner's laughing and you're not, because you don't mm-hmm. find something funny, be happy. <laughs> happy for them because they will look at you and respond to you beautifully. They're laughing. Right. Right. So you you all, you also note that unaddressed issues in a relationship can put a damper on the passion. And so that's, I think what a lot of people um, feel. Sometimes they just feel like there's, there's nothing good. There are these problems in the relationship. It's doomed, which it's not, but, but how do you advise couples to handle these, these unaddressed issues, these heavy feelings? 
Well, I, I mean, I think when they're in that place, some kind of mediation or some kind of therapy is very important so that they relearn how to listen to each other and connect. Mm-hmm. And they also mm-hmm. get to hear that, let's say, a partner thinks the other partner's unfaithful and the other partner isn't. Mm-hmm. And the only thing they're feeling that is because the other partner may be looking at other women or younger girls and they have mm-hmm. no relationship. The mind wanders. And right. it's learning to talk about the things that you're afraid of. And being okay and allowing your partner to have their say and accept mm-hmm. it, even if it's uncomfortable. They got to that place and vice versa. Um, I also think our bodies don't lie. So mm-hmm. if we're under extreme stress and we're uh, miserable, maybe through finances, maybe through uh-huh. decisions that have created such tension, maybe also being housebound for you with kids. Right, I mean, yes, which is... Very difficult. And it's not that you don't love your kids. It's just in hell <laughs> uh, for, for, for finding space. Yeah. Um, your body needs to relax. So I think sometimes sharing moments, seriously, just holding hands, finding time away from the home together, mm-hmm. having, um, I don't know if everybody can have a dinner out or a lunch. But having a place where there's space, where Mm -hmm. you agree that it's okay. I agree to disagree, and that's okay. I mean, there has to be some transparency. Um, I think it's difficult without guidance because Mm -hmm. they have no measure. They might not know their habits and behaviors, and they may get nasty and they have no idea mm-hmm. they, they sound they're nasty is they're normal so <laughs> right I think your focus I think you're talking about this last year the pandemic and you know yes, I um, yes. it's you're talking about it as you know as, as a yes as awful as it has been as difficult it has been I'm hearing that you're also saying it could be an opportunity to maybe do some things differently I mean yes being you know, well, being locked this, this in, is how you know. I see it. Look, you know, there have been, uh, there's a lot of sadness through this time mm-hmm. period. There's a lot of confusion. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what to believe, you know. <laughs> right. But the, the, but the one thing to me, you know, and instead of wondering where you belong outside of the home, make your home a place of safe belonging. And if you've gone uh-huh. through this pandemic with the screaming kids, right, and maybe one of them has ADHD, there's always a kid that has ADHD, you know, uh-huh. maybe at least look at that as your gift. If you can get through the worst time where the worst threats were there and the worst circumstances or, or the, say, uh, diminishing or depleting, scenarios that have gone on that have put both of you to a ringer, that's a gift in itself. You can rebuild from that because to me, that's 
it, love is painful and love is testing, and it always will be. If mm-hmm. it's happy and in one place, you're not growing. So I would see that as a gift, and that if you can find the home as a place of belonging, and even if you're single, find something in your home that gives you that. You need that safety. You need that strength. It allows the outside world that you feel is threatening to diminish and your inside world grow. You can start to rebuild. And I do feel that. I feel uh, bonding and connecting. And I say belonging is Mm -hmm. really important because that's where we have uh, lost our path throughout this. Where do we belong? You know, where do we work? Who are we? You know. Right. I mean, it, it's it's kind of it's kind of upended all of our yeah. habits and our expectations and yeah, our, you know, and our normal way of doing things. Our, which our superficial dinners and our, all the things we have as distractions mm-hmm. have a lot of them have disappeared, and we've just been left with our space. So there's there's it starts from there. It starts from mm-hmm. there. And I think that that is a. Uh, Instead of carrying each other down, I think you should salute each other. It's huge win. If you've got through that, you can certainly rebuild. And you need to take the time and respect each other so that you give each other a chance to really look at what do we, what can we do together and what should we allow each other to do as individuals. You know, with real respect. Mm-hmm. Well, and... and- you know, that's a, you've used that word a couple of times, respect, which is such an important word. I mean, yes, love matters, but I'm not sure you can have love without respect. I don't know. Maybe can you? I don't know. But, but you know, the respecting and allowing each person to be who they are. And to me, that's, that's kind of you're talking about relationships, committed relationships and love being um, a grow, you know, an opportunity to grow, and you know that's you know learning how to you know the ebb and flow of the two people and allowing each of us to feel whatever we feel without judgment, you know, more curiosity no, no, than judgment. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that a lot of us have compensated over the years, and in other words, we we imagine because someone loves us, they respect us. But I think the mm. new definition of respect that I'm, I'm, I'm sort of um, applying that to being free to have your say, especially if it's not offensive and rude mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, discriminating, and the other partner accept the, your ideas, the things that you believe in, even if they're counter. And as long as they're not harmful, right? And and they're not uh, um, ideas that break down or separate or harm um, families around you either. Um, to some degree, that starts to build respect. And it might be uh, some people may not have had to face that because prior COVID, we were so distracted. Mm-hmm. We didn't have the downtime to live in our space and really see who's sharing it and, you know, who we're spending time with. And is it really rewarding? Right. We didn't even 
think about respecting. We just we just were fine with I love you, I love you mm-hmm. too, love you more. And so <laughs> I think this has uh, allowed us to go deeper. Yeah, and and, really and, and and so what I'm hearing you say is that as, you know, because oh, depending on where you are in the world, it's going to depend on what you're able to do. But as we come out of this and start and start again, that it sounds like your suggestion is to stop and think about what you really want. And I love the idea of your home being a place of belonging where, you know, what is it? You know, I always think about, you know, this is, you know, it's, it, it needs to be your safe haven from, from the world. And what does that look like? I also think a couple who've been together through these COVID times and have made it through no matter how bit disheveled, worse for the wear, I think they should celebrate because their love has changed and grown. Their relationship has grown. And something they have gone through and gained through this time period will bond with them for the rest of their life. Susanna, thank you so, so much for being on the show. And can you please tell the listeners where they can learn more about you and maybe do maybe read some more of the things you've written? Yes, absolutely. Um, you can find uh, um, a lot of my posts now linked to my Instagram. Um, um, and that's Instagram. That's at Susanna Galland, which is S-U-V-A-N-N-A-H. G-A-L-L-A-N-D. I'm also launching a podcast called Anytime Intuition in June. And I've got some great guests, Kelly Rutherford, Amy Bond, who, uh, Kelly Rutherford, the actress, which I know you know. Mm, Amy Bond um, is an amazing activist, lawyer, and pole dancer. So she's been on Netflix. And she has a tremendous story. Um, We've got army veterans and... uh, We've got some really interesting uh, folks talking about stories about getting through COVID and getting back on track, which for me is very inspiring. You know, there's always something they throw in that really inspires you. And um, I'm also um, on, will be um, launching as well um, on TikTok, uh, which I didn't think I would ever say, (laughs) but I am saying it. Um, at any time, Susanna, and that's from Anytime Intuition. And that'll just well, be, you know, little tips and insights on getting back on track. And that love, sounds fantastic. And and I sincerely apologize because normally I ask how my guests pronounce their name, and I have been butchering yours the no, entire well, time. Well, you know what? Part of the <laughs> family was Galland, another part was Galland. <laughs> and so it, it's right depending where you are in the world. <laughs> right, and... It, it, well, and it's like it's like my last name too. It it, it always gets butchered. So again, that's and Susanna I, Galland. Yeah. And so Susanna, thank you so much for being on the show. And please go check out her her podcast and her TikTok when she appears. You're braver than I am. So what I and, want you uh, to take away. Been a, been a, sorry, huh? a quick thing. Been a pleasure being on your show, and I look forward to you being a guest on my podcast. So. Oh well, thank you. That'll be wonderful. So what I want you to take away is that with a little bit of attention and lots of intention, you can keep the passion alive in your relationship. And as you've been hearing today, staying connected is what will make all the difference. So what do you need to do to get the fire going again? 
I hope one of the things you'll do is to keep listening to this show. And until next week, stay loving. Stay loving.